The Protectors of the Wood podcast, episode number 47, the final episode of book four, Abby and Wendy. Abby looked into the dreamstone mirror. Instantly, she stood in total darkness. Terror overwhelmed her. The light of the map stick wasn't shining. But very slowly, she saw the blue tip of the staff begin to glow and shine brighter and brighter until a wide passageway was illuminated all around her. The voices seemed to come from just ahead. In only a few steps, the passageway began to open and gradually became a vast cavern, so wide and long that she could see no end to it. In a few more steps, the immediate details were shockingly clear. There was a river of dark water moving slowly and sluggishly just crawling along and the voices rose from across the river where an endless multitude of vague human shapes pressed right down to the edge of the water. Hundreds of shapes crowded back as far as the eye could see, farther than even the mapstick could reach. And Abby could see their eyes. They were all looking at her. An old man with a long beard was moving a small boat across the river. He wore a robe and stood up near the bow, pushing the boat along with a pole like a long staff. Abby saw his eyes looking back at her. He had a calm, benevolent expression, showing none of the noisy confusion of the throng behind him. Abby waited. He landed the boat on the damp clay soil and walked toward her. She did not move. Come to visit. What can I do for you? What? What kind of place is this? Abby found herself becoming frightened and hostile. You could say it's my job. I maintain the last stop on the flight from life. There has to be a refuge for lost souls. What are these people doing here? They are escaping, escaping the pain. You also 
are fleeing the meaningless agony. So, these, these aren't dead people? Oh, I have nothing to do with dead people. I'm interested in the living, the failure of the living. You see, the human project is a failure. A part of the person loses all hope. Something becomes too heavy a burden to bear, and that soul sinks all the way down to my humble refuge. Soon, everyone will lose all hope. He shrugged as if this were inevitable, and he could do nothing about it. As if sharing a confidence between friends, he went on. You know, of course, this is all an illusion. Even I mean nothing. And I run this place. I'll tell you a secret. I also am a member of the Club of Lost Souls. And you'll appreciate this. An even bigger secret. You are also a member. You're a visitor, but you're here already. Why do you think you can hear us? Because you are one of us. And you think you're so pure and above it all. Abby was stung by the malice and contempt vibrating in that gentle voice. Well, you almost had me fooled. But you see, I don't think I'm pure and above it all. I admit, I hardly know what I'm doing. I am a lost soul, but that's not all there is to me. And I can tell that that's not all there is to you, or any of these people. These aren't people. They are meaningless shades of nothing. Then why do you care to convince me? Why keep this discussion going? It's because you actually care. And I do too. I'm here to do something, and you're trying to prevent me, to trick me. So, go ahead. Take all these people. They're only here because they can't take this evil world. So they sink to the bottom where they can be no one. Do you want responsibility for them? That will include responsibility for yourself. But have it your own way. See what happens. His pale eyes glittered with malice. Meanwhile, a small form, walking with a slow limp and a face hanging down, approached along the waterside. He spoke softly in the old man's ear, 
Listen, I tell you. She's opening the door. You know what that means. Shut up. She can hear you. Abby could see that the old man was transforming. He didn't look like an old man anymore. To her astonishment, he looked younger. Very handsome and intimidating. He was elegant, dressed in smart clothes. He grew taller and towered over her. What's going on? You're in way over your head. You think you can get out of here with that little stick you're carrying? Behold. Other figures were arriving from both sides, barely clothed, muttering and jabbering to each other. Abby felt they needed to communicate, but they couldn't get their meaning across. They struggled to be heard. More and more appeared, until a thick mob crowded around Abby on the riverbank. And more kept coming, pressing in upon her until she began to panic. She couldn't find a way to speak, did not know what to say, and could not understand. She felt like she was drowning. A little more than you bargain for, is it? Go ahead and try it. Lead them to safety, if you can find such a place in this world of pain. The thin wisp of a man was shifting his feet, stretching his neck, looking in all directions. Others were crowded around him, speaking anxiously. The thin man looked up at the towering figure and yelled over the clamor. I tell you, the door is wide open. Watch out, the human one, the human one is coming. Suddenly there was silence. People looked at each other anxiously, but full of expectation. And then everyone spoke at once. The human one. The door is wide open. The human one. Is it possible? Can it be? The human one is coming. The tall man looked around calmly. You think this girl could open the door? She's the nothing, a nobody. Suddenly, he froze. A look of shock was on his face. In the wink of an eye, a powerful, glorious light, like no other, shone through the landscape and all the people. The figures around Abby were looking toward the entrance. But Abby watched the tall man duck and then shrink to invisibility. She felt the entire multitude, including herself, instantly transported to a different place. Their own place on Earth. In an instant, Abby came back to herself. 
she was sitting on the crate in front of the dreamstone mirror. She had no desire to look back into it and shielded her eyes with her hand. After replacing the burlap, Abby took stock of the situation. She felt free, liberated from all the agonies that had been gnawing at her, terrifying her for so long. Her energy returned. It was a bright and beautiful morning in a new world. The light of the matchstick shone across the cavern, across the ceiling as high and full of light as the sky itself. It was certainly nothing comparable to the light she had just seen. That was of a different order altogether. Miraculous, way beyond description. But the light of the mapstick was her own, her friend, her beautiful companion. An eagerness to be back home rose up inside her. The map inside her head was clear and reassuring. She felt no trace of weariness and knew exactly where she was going. The voice of the mapstick didn't need to speak. The way home was like a stroll in the park. The underworld held no fear. Abby slithered out of the underworld entrance and carefully replaced the stone. She left no traces behind. It was still dark, but the moonlight cast faint shadows. The leaves were dripping and the air was cool. Her backpack was wet and she anxiously remembered that Alex had left her a present. She silently returned to her cottage and opened the backpack. A long cardboard tube covered in tape had been thrust inside. She opened one end and shook out a large roll of Alex's printing paper. The faint light of early dawn created some visibility in Abby's cottage. She unrolled Alex's large woodcut print and spread it out on the floor, placing coffee cups on the corners. A note from Alex was included. She could just make out the printing in ink. Abby, the night you arrived, I woke up after only an hour or two of sleep. A dream was vivid in my mind, and I was full of energy. I had a vision of a dark cavern, full of crowded people in distress. They were packed together in a faint bluish light, talking in a frantic way. I had a strong sensation that you were there. Just the feeling of your presence. The crowd seemed to expect some momentous event, calling out the human one, the human one. And suddenly, a figure appeared behind them, tall and shedding a marvelous light 
throughout the mob. The figure held out its hand as if to embrace the suffering multitude. There seemed to be no children. The people were dressed almost the same, like prisoners. The face and the light were warm, giving an overwhelming sense of relief, as if to reassure us that all is okay. This feeling inspired me to draw an impression of the scene on a woodblock. Last night I carved it and took a print. It's now hours later and the print is not dry, but I covered it with a second sheet. Please, carefully take the sheets apart so the protective sheet doesn't stick. I know the print is rather rough, even clumsy. In fact, most of my work is rather rough, but you seem to like some of it, I hope. But I'm not rushing this into your backpack as an ordinary gift. I go to all this trouble because in a strange way, you seem to actually be there. I have no idea if this will mean anything to you. If not, feel free to just forget it as the fantasy of overheated imagination, something that often happens to me. I'm thrilled to see you again, and I hope we may see each other often. My house is always open to you, and my sister will be jealous she didn't have a chance to see you. She hardly ever leaves Rip City, but someday we'll take a trip there. Yuvia and I were discussing it, she thinks we should make a plan. Well, that's it. Your grateful friend, Alex. Abby read this letter three times and then turned to the print. The outside sheet was stuck to the inner sheet. It seemed to take forever to separate them. But finally, an image in bright red ink glowed in the dim light. She recognized the scene a different angle on what she had experienced. I was looking the other way. I was dealing with that liar, that malicious faker, that enemy of life. The human project is a failure, he said. But Alex must have actually seen the bringer of that marvelous light, like nothing I've ever felt. She stared at the tall red figure with light spreading out like wings. That face seems, well, kind, reassuring. This must be the human one. The light of the rising sun began to stream through the window. Abby felt astonished. A new day is coming. I'm completely bewildered. How is this possible? What does it mean? All I know is that I'm glowing with happiness. And that's all I need to know. I'm free of the voices and the terror and despair. I pray I can do something good with all that lies ahead. Her eyes could barely stay open. She fixed the print to the wall near the end of her bed with pushpins. 
It radiated life like blood, living and throbbing. It had large margins. And in the bottom margin, she saw the title, The Human One. And in the right-hand corner, number one was written. And then that little design Alex used as a signature. I've got to ask him about that. Abby lay down and floated into a calm sleep. Thanks for listening. To hear previous episodes, please go to www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, Protectors of the Wood book series. follow me It's alright you see There's nothing for you to fear Come on over here You can see me through your tears I'll listen to you I hear what you say Go ahead and cry from your heart I'll see you apart with me There's always a way I'll see you wherever you are You can't be too near to any place you may happen to be I can shine for you to see Come close to me And you'll surely see How life begins all around See what you found Walk through the door In my world there's always some more The best is in store The real story goes on and on Don't think that the pain is the end Don't think that it's all that there is you found